0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online with live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. BetOnline is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today, or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Paulina Edmonds. And today on the show, I'm so excited to introduce our special guest. She is the 2022 national champion uh, for the US and an Olympian at the Beijing 2022 Olympics, Mariah Bell. Mariah, thank you so much for coming on today.
0: Yes, thank you. I'm so excited.
1: So my first question for you is, uh, what age did you start skating and where were you locationally in the U S and, and who were your first coaches?
0: So I started skating in, um, Charleston, South Carolina. Um, and I was three and I started skating because my older sister skated. And so my parents put her in classes and then, um, rather than chasing me around the rink when they would go watch my sister, my mom was like, Oh, it was just easier to put you on the ice too. So my mom put me in lessons. Um, and I, Stacey Mons, I think was my first coach. I'm not really good with names, but I actually went back and did a show for that rink a couple years ago. And I got to skate there again, obviously. And I saw Stacy, and like a full circle moment. It was really cool. But yeah, Charleston, South Carolina is where I started.
1: So your older sister was skating first before you. You obviously fell in love with the sport as well, which sometimes happens and that's awesome. All the siblings love the same thing. And sometimes it's kind of like, Oh, the younger siblings just in skating because it's easier for the parents to have everybody in one place. So like, what was your experience? Like at what point did you feel like I love this? And it's not just that I'm here because my sister skates.
0: I don't actually know because I liked it at a young age. And then as I progressed every year, I told my mom, I don't want to do this anymore. And so yeah. she would be like, that's okay. Just finish out, you know, whatever it was like the lesson packages or whatever that she bought for me that my parents bought for me for like that summer or whatever. She was like, you know, I just ask that you finish the classes out and then you don't ever have to come back. That's fine. And um, I, by the time it was time to sign up for classes again, I just wanted to do it again. I don't know what happened, but I was like, no, I just want to keep going. So, um, But I think like, I remember that was like kind of younger, but then I remember watching um, like local, like the, at our rink, we had like the local ice show, spring ice show. And um, my sister, I, I remember watching like my sister and the bigger girls like skating in it. And I just thought that that was super, super cool. And I wanted to be just like them. So I think it was kind of actually more from watching. Show, like shows, um, rather than like competitions on TV. But, um, it always revolved around watching my older sister and wanting to follow, I think in, in her footsteps, but it's funny. Cause I really didn't like skating. I did it, but I didn't love it for a couple years for sure.
1: <laughs> That's really funny. Well, when you were around the age of 12, um, you moved to Colorado, right. Uh, and you started working with Cindy Sullivan. So what was the, reason for the move to Colorado? Was it because your family was moving for purposes other than skating or did you move for skating?
0: No. Yeah. So we moved for skating. Um, and I, yeah, I remember, um, we kind of were feeling like I was working with Megan Faulkner in Houston. So we lived in Houston for my dad's job. Um, Megan was great, but I think, I don't remember what it was exactly. We just kind of wanted a different environment or whatever it was. And we went to Denver just for a week to try. And um, we really loved it, loved the atmosphere, loved the coaches. um, And it was like, I remember we drove there and we were driving back home. And it was like my sister and I were like, how are we going to convince mom and dad that we need to be back here? Like we just like really want to to skate there because we knew even though I was young, I think it was more, my sister at that time had really big aspirations and I was like, Oh yeah, sure. Like I want to do that too. But, um, I think it was really like following again, my older sister and wanting to like also be really good in skating. And it felt like that's where we needed to be to like progress. Um, and so we made a PowerPoint on the way home, (laughs) um, like detailing why we should move to Colorado and, um, And like why it would be good for our skating. And I look back now and I mean, it was a huge sacrifice for my parents and they did it. And I'm so grateful. I mean, I knew at the time it was a big deal, but looking back now, I'm like, wow, that was huge of them to do that. Um, And then we only saw my dad on the weekends because he obviously had to keep his job in Texas. So he would come up and see us on the weekends. Um, And, yeah, so it was a move for uh, skating and a big sacrifice for my family.
1: Wow, that's crazy. That is um, just a huge commitment for both you and your sister at a young age and your mom to make as well to, like, move away from your dad. Yeah. Um, But that's amazing that it ended up being successful for both of you. I mean, you – have achieved so much and so is your sister with
0: yeah 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 thanks I mean I'm like the coolest thing about it was my parents never like held it over our head and they were never like you know you have to be you know whatever it was you they weren't result focused or they didn't need my sister and I to have some certain level of success but they just asked that we work hard um and then I think just them instilling that work ethic in us is what helped us be successful. And then obviously, you know, making those sacrifices. But I always felt so lucky that they did sacrifice so much and it wasn't like we came here, we moved for you or, you know, it was never like it never felt like this burden that we were trying to, um, you know, handle. It was it was really, really positive, which was really cool.
1: Yeah, that sounds really healthy, <laughs> which is <Yeah>. really important. <laughs> Well, at what age did you start uh, qualifying for nationals? Like, what was the first nationals you went to? And then from there, did you make it to every nationals? Or um, like, were there moments or seasons where you like didn't? What What yeah. was your journey with that?
0: Yeah, I so my first nationals, there was a time when junior nationals were a thing. Yes, um, <laughs> yes I know we remember junior nationals. So I made it to junior nationals once at intermediate. Um, and then I went to n- the next year. I I think it was two thousand and eleven nationals. I went to, and then I actually did go to every nationals after that up until twenty twenty two, which I haven't thought about before, but that's cool. That's but, really um, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So I I was fortunate too. I think really that I didn't have injuries that kept me away. Um, but so I. I was novice for one year, junior for two years, and then senior all of the other years that I went to nationals.
1: <laughs> I, I always remember when – um because we were competing junior together.
0: I remember, probably yes. Probably for
1: like – I don't know if it was two years or one year, but it doesn't really matter. Yes, um, yes. But I remember like the girls from your section from Midwest were like you, Barbie Long, Hannah Miller. yes. yes. Uh, Gracie was in there too. And I always remember seeing like you guys – at nationals like when we would finally all meet um and like the camaraderie between you Mm -hmm. girls like specifically in your section was just so like friendly and fun and it was just so nice to see from like you know other sections like see that type of friendship so
0: yeah for sure Mm -hmm. oh that's (laughs) sweet yeah I remember that (laughs) well you finished second
1: at the 2013 junior championships um and then we made our junior grand prix debuts together yes we did that's right
0: (laughs) In Mexico, Good old Mexico City. City, yes.
1: <laughs> the hardest competition to date that I've been to in terms okay, of altitude. The altitude,
0: though, and like also, I will never forget the rink was in like that arcade, and there yes. were these games going off, and you could hear all of the games the whole time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes, I remember because um, we skated last in that entire competition. Yes, and that's
0: right. Everyone was everyone watching.
1: A- Everyone was watching. Everyone was done. So we were all just like so stressed. You and I are in the last like warm-up group. And I remember like I skated dead last and you had already come off like the kiss and cry and I saw you and Cindy walking. And then you guys (laughs) came up to me to give me like a little pep talk to get out there because I was literally just like. Oh, this sucks like literally every single person has already gone through it done. and I have to do it like Mariah's done you're like hyperventilating still you're like
0: I, you oh my god on. I need oxygen like it was terrible
1: <laughs> it was the worst but it was also the best because we both meddled it was yes great. we did
0: so well oh I like Mexico City has such a special place in my heart that competition <laughs> It Honestly, was crazy and fun.
1: yeah, and it had a really good, like, little banquet at the end, too. Yeah, you're yes. all dancing on the dance floor. I have videos yes, of like so us dancing with Jean Luc. Like, yes, you
0: know, that's right. Oh my god, the group of people that were there, it was so fun! Yeah,
1: you no, know. oh, that was so great in terms of your coaching team. So, in 20 or like after the 2014 season, um, you yeah. moved to Corey, yes, uh, Corey Aid, and then. Again, you went switched in 2016 ish yep. um, to Raphael in LA. So, can you tell yep. us a little bit about those switches in your skating yeah. journey?
0: Yeah, for sure. So, I really feel very lucky because I've worked with a lot of really great coaches in my career. All of them that I worked with, I'm so grateful for what they gave me and the time that they gave to me. Um, so, yeah, I worked with Cindy Sullivan. Um, all the way from when we moved to Colorado until I was a senior in high school till I graduated high school. Um, and then my parents were like, you know, if you want to really further your skating and take your training somewhere else, like this is the time to do it. Um, you're out of high school and, um, education was really important for them in terms of finishing out high school and going to school for me. Cause I don't do well <laughs> in online classes. So, um, I decided that maybe it was time for a switch. I loved Cindy so much. I still do. I still love catching up with her all the time. Um, But um, I did switch to Corey. Corey was awesome. I worked with her. Um, She was coaching Jason Brown at the time. And like Jordan Moeller, they had a really fun group. And Tyler Pierce was there for a little bit, I remember. And so it was a really great, like, um, motivational kind of – um, environment to be in, and I definitely felt like it helped level up my skating a little bit. Um and then in 2016, again, I felt like it was time for a change. um, I had had a couple good years and then a couple years where I felt sort of stagnant um in Colorado, so I uh, moved out um to LA. I was 19 and moved out to LA. Um, and started working with Raphael. And um very lucky that I had people like Ashley. Um, I trained with Ashley Wagner. You know, Raphael's not an easy coach to work with. Um, and she was really great in kind of helping me navigate what he means when he says things or does things or because I was used to coming from a coaching system that you, you know, you have set lesson times and blah, blah, blah. And Raphael was very much like, you're an adult, you know, I'm here to advise you, but you know, there's no, we don't do lesson times. We don't do, I I watch everybody on the ice and I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'll just fix your technique. And then you need to figure out how many programs you do and all these other things. And I was like, yeah, I was a shock to my system because I was just not ready for that. And Mm. it was ultimately exactly what I needed because he helped me really own, I think my skating, um, and, you know, Raphael acts like this big, mean, scary guy, which sometimes he is, but like, not really, <laughs> but like, he's a really good person. Um, and so it's, it's easy to work with him when you know, he's tough, but you know, he's, you know, has your best interests in mind. Um, so yeah, I, I worked with him and then I added the only other kind of switch I made was I added Adam to my team um, in, I think 2019. Um and then he kind of just helped. Um, it was a little getting to be a little too much of just Raphael. I needed something a little bit more lively um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and exciting <laughs> and sometimes positive. Um, and so Adam was that perfect addition. And also he and Raphael have a really good relationship and I wanted it to be somebody that Raphael knew and liked and respected. And he definitely did. So that was kind of my perfect um you know team was the the mix of the both of them
1: yeah it was really fun like watching adam go to like competitions with you and stuff like that because he was like very much he is an expert in a lot of ways because he was a competitor and an olympian himself but also like he just was like a cheerleader type of figure
0: when he told me he's like i'm your fairy godmother like i'm not (laughs) here to like you know i i mean yes i can be your coach but like mostly i'm just i just sprinkle like dust, fairy dust. Like I'm just your fairy godmother. I just keep things exciting and happy. And also like it was, he had such great perspective because he, again, like you said, had been um through it all, but had been through it all with Raphael. And so I mm-hmm. also had that kind of because, you know, again, Raphael can be really tough to work with, but also he had a lot of other things that he was juggling later in the his, in my career with him, with Nathan and Michael and there was a lot of things. And so it was just really helpful to have Adam be my fairy godmother and just come in and, and he only would come in like, you know, once a month, twice a month, but it would just be, here's kind of what you should be doing in training. And this is how many programs I think you should be doing. And, and I think everybody loved it when he would come to the rink, like it just, (laughs) you know, he's Adam, he's just so fun and exciting and happy. And so um, it definitely would brighten up the rink just a little bit more when he would show up.
1: I can imagine for sure. Yes. <laughs> He's the best. <laughs> I love that. Well, you guys also had like very similar uh experiences to get to the Olympics as yeah. well where like you guys were on the senior circuit for a number of years kind of yeah. honing everything together before you finally have your big moment. Um yeah. so So walk us through your skating journey to the Olympics. So from 2014 to 2022, you were a senior level skater. Um, That's eight seasons between starting out as a senior and then becoming national champion and Olympian. So yeah, tell us about it.
0: It's such a long, it's so funny to think (laughs) back. Like it's a long journey, but it's so cool to see how things evolved because I changed a ton, not just in who I was as a, skater but as a person um throughout all of those years so um you know i i think most of the time i was kind of steadily progressing throughout nationals except there were two nationals that were super not good um and i felt like helped kind of regroup things kind of get me right back on track um there was one time i think it was 2016 nationals um I wasn't like expecting to do super well, but there was a chance that I could like maybe somehow get fourth, like maybe get on the podium. Um, But I would have to skate super, super well. And I was, I think like sixth after short or fifth after short. And then I made a mistake in my long and tried to make points back up. And I ended up repeating a double toe far too many times. I did like (laughs) five double toes. I don't know what I was thinking. I was just thinking I'm getting points back, you know. And so I dropped real low. I think I ended up like 13th or 14th and I was so devastated. And I was like, you know, all of this work I've been putting into this and, you know, I do something that silly. And, but then I think that kind of got me up back on track because then that next year is when I moved to Raphael. And then I kind of really started having some success. Um, and I made my first world team in 2017. Um. And then everything kind of, again, steadily progressed from there. I made Worlds 2018, 2019, and 2020. Um, 2020 obviously didn't happen because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so 2021 Nationals were still kind of dealing with COVID. We had um, Skate America, which was in the bubble in, in Vegas, and then Nationals was basically the same thing. Um, I did well at Skate America, Um and I did not do well at nationals. (laughs) I had like an okay short. Um, And really, I, it was like, I remember getting to I had one skate America. And so of course, you know, you get to nationals. And it's like, all this talk about Oh, you can win nationals. It's like, you know, it's like annoying, but like people want to make it exciting. And yeah, and it was like, I wasn't ready to hear it. And also, I was in the bubble. And I wasn't with my family. And I would do these interviews and all the stuff. And then I'd go back and sit by myself in my room and I'd be like just ruminating on like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I guess I maybe could do that. And
1: yeah, it's distracting. And it,
0: yes. And so, um, you know, it didn't have a great, um, long program. I think I ended up, I actually don't remember, I think sixth or fifth, maybe fifth. Um, and so I wasn't on the podium and that's the year before the Olympics. So I was like, "Well, dang it! Like, there's this list of criteria, and you got like it really helps you to be on the on the world team that year before the Olympics." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well, I'm kind of you know, oh and one there, <laughs> yeah." You know, so mm-hmm. it's like, "Okay, that's okay. Um, I uh can you know try to have a great summer and do well on the Grand prix and then whatever." And then that summer was rough for my personal life. It was just like silly. And then, um, I got kind of a late start into things and then, um, but again, I think not having a great nationals and the things that led up to me getting ready for the grand preseason really made me like stronger and, um, again, more like zoned in and focused. And I thought, you know, it wasn't my last shot at the Olympics, but I didn't know if I wanted to keep skating after that Um, quad. And so I was like, this is, Mm -hmm. I really got to try and capitalize on this. Um, And I'm so happy that obviously things went well and I was able to make that Olympic team, but even talking through all of that, I feel like I just spoke like for like 40 hours. Like, it's just, there's a lot of things that, that, you know, it took to get to that point and a lot of ups and downs and changes. And um, but ultimately like, I just look back at my skating and it's like so cool because as you know, like skating brings out all of these really interesting parts of you um, and all of these um, characteristics that make you very, very strong um, and really um, uh, you have a lot of mental tenacity. And so I feel like I was able to really hone in on that as I got older in my career. And I really feel like that's the tenacity aspect of my skating is what kept me going and ultimately got me to my, my goals.
1: Yeah. It's it's really really cool to hear about um and it's it's great to hear about because it has that like never give up factor where like you went yes. through a lot of bumps in the road throughout your career where you could have just been like all right like I can't keep doing this like I'm done yeah. but instead you just use that as a tool to push forward in a new way and
0: yeah. then you
1: ultimately yes. achieve the dream which is the Olympics and yeah. being national champion. So it it is really cool to hear about as well like you say as you're you get older you kind of like take it into your own hands more which is something like opposite of what I've experienced where like again we were both senior for the first time in 2014 yep. and my time was then yep yeah went to the Olympics in Sochi and then yeah. you know 8 years later I'm retired <laughs> yeah and, and your time was then, and, and yes. you became an Olympian then. And that is such a really, really important lesson. I feel like for so many people to hear is yes. that like, everybody does have their own moment of Absolutely. when it's supposed to happen for them. And it doesn't mean mm-hmm. anything if it doesn't happen when you're super young or when you think you're like, you know, moving up steadily, like there's going to be a lot of ups and downs, but if you can yes. stick through it, yes, you can achieve it. And I think yes. that's, that's great. Yeah. It's
0: so true. That's so true. I love to say like, um, Alyssa Lou, she's so awesome. Um, she won her first nationals when she was 13 and I won my first nationals when I was 25. So everybody mm-hmm. has, like you said, their timing and what, and it happens when it's right and when it's supposed to happen. And so it's part of what makes everybody's individual story really cool too.
1: Yeah. Super special. Yeah. Well, you kind of almost touched on this and you didn't, and I'm going to bring it up because I also think it's really interesting. Um, But you brought it up in like the press conferences leading up to the Olympic games, which was that the season of the Olympics before the Olympics, you, you had a breakup. Um, And I feel like that's, it's, it's interesting to hear a little bit about it from your, from your headspace of like, how did you focus during that yeah. season and make it to the Olympics, because like for anybody that's, that's like emotionally really hard to go through on top yeah. of needing to be so committed to something like sports and absolutely. Um, yes. Yeah. I'd love to hear yeah what your headspace was.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, this, um, relationship, I had only ever been in this one relationship. And so, um, and he was a skater. And so he understood me very, very well in terms of skating. Um, and so, but from the age of 19 until we, when I was 24, we um, ended things. I We were together and we were engaged for two years before things ended. And it was wow. just, to be completely honest, a total shock to me. I had no idea. I had no feelings that things were going to end And he, it was very much just, you know, kind of wasn't feeling it anymore. And, um, I was just really kind of at a loss and was trying to understand things. Um, and I, you know, I cared so deeply about this person, obviously that not having that relationship, um, was extremely, extremely hard. And I know probably the other way around as well, obviously, But I just thought it felt like a true like death of this relationship because regardless Mm -hmm. of what the future was going to be for us, we weren't going to have the relationship that we had. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just was really had to take some time and kind of process things. And I was really, really, really emotional. Um, And I think I look back and obviously it's just really hard If, if anybody's been through a breakup it's really tough for everybody involved. It's really tough. And it just Mm -hmm. there's never a good time for it. And I thought, Oh, my gosh, you know, I had already had this nationals that wasn't great and whatever. And I just was, you know, not motivated after it. And I thought, you know, it just felt like a lot of things were just kind of crumbling around me. And then I was like, you know what, actually, no, I'm gonna be fine. I got a dog. (laughs) <laughs> it was great, um, you know, and and things that kind of started piecing themselves back together, and I thought maybe this is exactly what I needed, actually, because it'll bring out again this like tenacity that I have, because mm-hmm. you know while it was so sad and something that I didn't expect, life goes on, and mm-hmm. you got to keep going, and you got to like pick up the pieces, and um, I look back now, and even though I was so heartbroken. Um, like literally heartbroken. It was, um, exactly, I think what I needed again. Um, and I just found a lot of strength and, um, was able to really use skating as something that I could give all of my energy to. Um, and I thought, you know, I'm so close to this ultimate goal that I've had. Um, and I'm just going to not let anything, you know, get in the way and keep me from that. Um, and so, um. yeah, I, I just kind of buckled down and I look back and again, as hard as it was, I wouldn't change a thing because I do think that that um, had to happen in my kind of story of life leading up to everything that mm-hmm. happened um after that, for sure. Yeah,
1: it sounds like it, it sounds like- lit a fire in you for that season. Yes which is so productive.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. It's the best. It's really, yeah.
1: Uplifting to just hear about how like you use that type of situation in a way that helped you with your career. Uh, because I know that's like one of the greatest fears for skaters and or like any athlete. Like we don't really think about how relationships can like affect our training because they're separate. Um, but obviously like there's certain things emotionally that you can't always like turn your brain off, even if you're like in a different yeah. setting. Um, but I know it's like really scary for like coaches and parents and and things too, because you never know, like, even if you're in a, your, your student is in a happy relationship, like if something happens, is that going to like mess with their training, yep. their, their sport and all of that stuff. And so, yep. um, yeah, it's cool to hear that you about how you like were able to take the time you needed and then buckle down. Yeah. And make it to the Olympics. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. Thank you. It's yeah, it was tough, but I know. And it's also something that like, I've met a lot of people who've had really the same experience or a very Mm -hmm. similar experience. And so it's like, yeah, it sucks, but it's also a part of life. And like, we move on and everything is just totally fine. And, and it, it, you know, again, I got a lot of great things out of it. I think. Yeah. The others can feel that they can do that too.
1: Yeah. A lot of growth for sure.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So
1: what did it mean to you to become national champion?
0: Oh my gosh. It meant everything in the world. Um, I just felt like it was a culmination of so many years because it was so many years leading up to that point. Um, and It just was so cool. I was so fortunate that people were able to go watch because the year before, obviously, with COVID, there was no audience members. And then we didn't know about Nashville. And then people could go watch. So a lot of my family was there, which was really awesome. And it was just a really fulfilling moment for me. It's funny because I look back and other nationals, I feel like I've skated better. Um, And it's funny because... I will feel so fulfilled with how I skate, but we also tend to put weight in placement so much. And so I remember I was so grateful and so honored to have won, but I also was like, I didn't do a great long program. Like it was okay. Like I felt like I could have done a lot better, but it's like, Oh, it's funny. Cause you just think, Oh, if you win, like you'll be fulfilled like completely. And I had this part of me that was like, Oh, but I could have done a little better because in 2020 I didn't win, but I skated like, the best I'd ever skated and I felt as though I had one. So it's funny mm-hmm. how, how the feeling of like placement, how you actually skate sometimes don't correlate. Um, but I did just like looking back at it, it's so cool, so cool that it happened the year of the Olympics. Um, and that it felt like a redemption of the year before cause nationals the year before wasn't great. Um, and so, and yes, my family being there was really cool.
1: It is so special to be national champion in an Olympic year. I have never experienced that, but I can only imagine. And I've seen it. Obviously, it yeah, is just so yeah. heartwarming. It's it's amazing. Yeah. And then you went to the Olympics. You went to Beijing. Uh, yeah. COVID Olympics, pretty different than a lot of others, but still an amazingly special Olympic experience, nonetheless. Yeah, tell us about it. How how was your how was your time there?
0: Yeah what it, it was really um interesting um you know obviously with covid there was a lot of additional stress I think related to covid and and whatnot I actually got back from nationals on um, a Monday and on Tuesday I tested positive for covid <gasps> so I actually felt very fortunate because I was able to recover in enough time to train a little bit before I left and then I wasn't actually worried about, um, getting it there because I felt like I had a pretty system of antibodies going, but, um, looking at my, you know, teammates and, um, my heart just broke for Vincent because every time I knew that he was doing everything right, um, and masking and doing all the right protocol. And so it was just so heartbreaking for him, but that, additional stress was very much felt I think by all of the athletes obviously everybody there Um, but nonetheless it was just so surreal Um, I remember getting into the village I was on like the second chartered flight from the U.S. and um, I was with Ashley and Tim and Jason we were the skaters on the flight and um, I remember like just we had a blast just like being on the plane and going through customs and even getting the first COVID test there. Like everything was so awesome. Um, and then I got actually got to the village at like two or three in the morning. And then I was up until like seven in the morning, opening up all my stuff. Cause you get all of your Olympic stuff in your room. Um, they sent it all there for us. So it was just really, really cool. And then the whole experience itself, it's like, I think everybody, and maybe you feel the same, like it's, both one of the hardest experiences and most amazing experiences to be at the Olympics because it's just, you're there for so long. And um, there's like so much, it's just, it's the Olympics. Like it just feels like this huge thing. Um, But also all you have to do is just like go skate like normal. And then you get out there and you're like, Oh wait, this is really cool. And the rings are everywhere. And um, so It was just, um, I'm so grateful for it, for the whole experience. And, um, you know, I just, even though it was a COVID year, I don't have anything to compare it to. So I don't feel like I've missed out on anything. Like other Olympians were like, well, you know, they'd been to other games, but that's my games. And that's the one that I'm going to keep and have forever. And I'm so grateful for it. Um, And yeah, I mean I saw a whole lot of the village and the rink and not a whole lot of anything else cuz that's a lot <laughs> <about> to go.
1: <laughs> that's how it goes. I mean if it makes you feel any better being 15 at the Olympics, I didn't get to do a lot of things that I hear a lot of other yeah. older skaters or yeah. like athletes in general get to do, so It is what it is, um, but it is really, really special to be there. And like you said, the rings are everywhere. And that's something so surreal that even now, like thinking back and processing it, it's just so funny because we we do see the rings you know olympic training center or like you know we're wearing team usa like some some skaters like will wear the olympic rings and and it's just like we're exposed to it a lot but to finally be there and be like i'm officially like i can wear the rings, knowing that i am forever an olympian is like i don't know monumental
0: yeah it's so 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 cool 100% yes
1: Who were your closest friends on the figure skating Olympic team that you like hung out with at the Olympics?
0: Yeah. So, um, my roommates were awesome. So I was really good friends with Caitlin Hawaii before the games. Um, and then we got to room together. Uh, well, we didn't room together. We had like a suite, so everybody had their own room, but Mm -hmm. we were in the, um, so that was awesome. Um, Alexa was another one of my suite mates. And then Maddie Hubble was one of my sweet mates, and then obviously Nathan. We trained together, so um, we had a really good relationship going in, and it was so fun to be there with him. Um, But really, I mean, truly, everybody on the team, and I think it was more too because we didn't have family there. We were really each other's support and family, like there on the ground. (laughs) So it felt like we were very, very close. Just as a team in general, um, it felt, you know, like we it was like there were two levels of suites. And I think the doors were always open because people were just going in and out of everybody's room and hanging out. And um, you didn't have to wear your mask inside the inside the um, athlete housing. So we could kind of go wherever we wanted. Um, it was Yeah. So we were always it was like revolving doors and we were always just hanging out and supporting each other.
1: That's amazing. It it definitely looked like a really cohesive team and being, like, family oriented yeah. in terms of like you guys were a family. Like you guys were great friends and were like yeah. experiencing everything together in the most positive way, like sharing everything. Um, which is what I experienced in twenty fourteen as well. And I think that is like so important as well to your Olympic experience in general because I've heard of other Olympic teams. Multiple years pass, but just like where there's always some weird energy between like competitors, and that's not
0: what it looked like for you guys. So that's great. (laughs) So fortunate. Like, yeah, it was a really, really great, great group of people. I'm so lucky that I got to be a part of it.
1: What are some of the fun things that you got to do in like the six month period after the Olympics? Because that is also one of the biggest perks of going to the Olympics. There's just so many cool things that you get to attend and get to like participate in. So what were your top moments?
0: Yeah. Um I got to do Stars on Ice, which was so cool. Um again, talking about a family kind of vibe, it was the same thing with that. It was such a great group of people. Um so and that was a pretty long tour. It was like almost two months, which was awesome. Um I went on a like a real vacation um <laughs> to Cancun with actually a skaters. So Nathan and Caitlin and John Luke. And then Trent Richaud, the pair skater from Canada, and Olivia Smart. She's an ice dancer. Cool. so Together, and that was so fun. And then later in the week, some of them had to go home, but I'm really close with Michael Brezina and his wife, Danny, And so then they came. Um, but, yeah, it was just so fun to feel like, well, I wasn't training for the next season, so that was out of my mind. And <sighs> I just had fun experiences with um, different trips or just, like, feeling like I could just like eat whatever I wanted to eat or like, you know, (laughs) fun things like that. Um, And just like, you know, I skated occasionally, but I wasn't training super hard. Um, And yeah, it was a lot of, I felt like kind of catching up with um, family and friends. I went to a family reunion because I wasn't ever really usually able to go to them because of training. Um, So things like that, that are, I'm really, really grateful for.
1: It's funny you say that too, because I remember on the um, 2014 Stars on Ice tour, also so fun. Everybody, would like, we would be sitting there and we would get, like, our dinner menus in the locker room from whatever, like, close by thing, like, during the show. And they'd be like, order whatever you want. And everybody was, like, so checked out all the time that, like, if we saw milkshakes on the menu, everybody was getting a milkshake. And, like, it was just so non-competitive skating feeling. And, yeah, it was just the best
0: so fun yeah
1: we we always had birthday cake oreos on the buses because if it was somebody's birthday you get a birthday cake oreo
0: Mariah had them Mariah had them because it was like my birthday on tour and like Nathan's and a bunch of other people so we had the same it was great (laughs) (laughs) well you've always
1: been such an artistically beautiful and classic skater what has that meant to you to represent that side of skating in this era competing against like technical younger skaters like the shift was really so sudden between, I want to say like 2014 to 2018 to 2022, it was like this entirely new landscape of skating that we hadn't, we didn't watch that on TV, like when we were kids, you know? Um, so you were kind of one of those like head figures of like the old style representing. So tell us about it.
0: Um, thank you for saying that. First of all, um, I think that, um, I remember I would get um, asked in interviews what it what it was going to feel like to compete against girls with quads, and I was like, I don't I don't know. Like I'm just going to go skate to be the best that I can be. Like it doesn't matter what these other girls. Are. It's incredible. Like I think it's amazing, obviously, um, but you know, it's it doesn't change what I can do well. Um, I can I can't do quads, but I can skate nicely and I can hold my spins really nicely and hopefully have great landings. Um, you know, hopefully I can show that side of my skating and just because there are big jumps being done, doesn't mean that that takes away from what I can do. So, um, I just always felt like, especially again, as I got older in my career, I just really wanted to be a representation that there's room for everybody to have success because everybody is, has different strengths. And so the fun thing about being a competitor is figuring out how you, Um, hone in on those strengths and how you capitalize and how do you make the most points Um, because yes, people do quads but not everybody does quads so there's other things that um, are really, really important in skating especially I don't want skating to be um, I don't want the skating part of skating to be forgot so forgotten Mm -hmm. so um, I always feel like that's, you know, because it's so special we get to be athletic and strong um, but we can also tell a story and be artistic while we're doing it. And there's not many sports that get to do that. So I really think that we should continue to enjoy that aspect of skating. Um, But I hope that, you know, I think these women doing these incredible jumps, they're amazing. And I think that, you know, more power to them. But I also hope that people who, and athletes that don't do those things realize that there is a lot of worth in what they're doing, even if it's not maybe at that um, technical caliber.
1: Amen. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, it is. It is really interesting because it there are like people have different strengths at the end of the day. Some people are going to yeah. be more technically savvy and some people um, may not have those like abilities as naturally, but there's other things that are like the best that they can show and yeah. uh, I think the balance is really important so I'm definitely happy that like at this past Olympics like we had we had skaters where we got to see it all It's yeah. it's not like it was like only one-sided like there were a lot of different skaters bringing different things um yes. and I think that is really inspiring for people watching because at the end of the day if you want to start skating and you watch the Olympics and you're seeing only people do like crazy technical things you're going to be like yeah. I right. don't know if I can do that. But if you watch somebody skate like beautifully, like you said, the quality that's there, the beautiful spins, the beautiful landings, like the whole package rather than just like one marquee thing, yes. that's kind of more representative of like, I want to do that. I want to go learn to skate so I can look like that. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. Thanks.
1: Now you're retired. Yes. Well, have you? Yeah. You have officially retired. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, can you imagine dancing it now? No, I'm just kidding. Yes.
1: She's back in uh, what's the next one? 2026 Mariah Bell. She's back. <laughs> yes. She's here for another Olympics. Yes. Um. Maybe, maybe we'll go just like not skating. <laughs> we'll be on the sidelines. That's
0: so fun. I'm done. like
1: nationals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, how has the transition of retirement been for you? It's definitely kind of like a interesting experience. Some people struggle with some people love it. What has been your experience with it?
0: Yeah, to be honest, I've been struggling. Like, it's like I knew that I wanted to be done. I have no desire to compete anymore. I loved being at nationals and I loved not competing at nationals. Like, I, <laughs> but about that, I was like, I didn't know how I would feel. And I was like, nope, I don't, no desire to do that anymore. But you do, and obviously you get it. Like, you do lose this huge part of yourself, which is like, I've spent, you know, 22 years of my life or 23 years of my life on this one thing that has just been my main goal and purpose and focus. Um, And of course I had other things outside of it. Like I went to high school and whatnot, but this was always my main focus. And so then all of a sudden you have it and it's amazing. And then it's like, well, then what? Like you just like, what am I supposed to do? And so like in the summer, especially, it was really hard for me. Um, I just felt really sorry one second you're good (laughs) my vacuum was trying to start cleaning um (laughs) um yeah I just felt in the summer like I really was lost I didn't know what I wanted to do or what how was I going to find myself outside of skating um And I moved here to Dallas, I live in Dallas now near my family. And so that has helped a little bit, um, kind of transition, I started school, um, I go to college now, um, at the University of North Texas, and I'm just taking a couple classes this semester, and then I'll pack on some more, as I have less shows and things. Um, but even with I thought oh I'll go to school and then I'll be like better and it's like well no because I still have this part of me that feels like I'm not fulfilling like what I need to fulfill but I don't even know what that is yet like what am I supposed to be fulfilling that I don't even know that I'm not fulfilling (laughs) so um I just am on this quest to find that now I guess and I'm excited for I just feel like I want to say yes to everything and try and see what I'm interested in in terms of career and um, I got to do some media corresponding at nationals which was so cool so I was like well that's something that's really neat and maybe I'd be interested in that and so I'm just trying to take those opportunities to learn more about myself outside of skating Um, but as messy and as hard as it is I'm I'm really glad that I'm kind of in it because I feel like I'm in it and you can't get through it until you're in it and so like I'm working through it right now. Um but yeah, and it's funny because I'll I will do <laughs> like shows with other retired skaters who have been retired for a while and I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. And they're like, Yeah, we don't either yet. So <laughs> like, oh no, it's been like so long for you. But also kind of the the joy and like there's you don't know what you want to do, but it's like then you can do anything. So it's kind of just figuring out what that what that entails for me.
1: It's such a universal experience i feel like for anybody that goes through retirement in general like no matter what age you are or what your profession is but um specifically for athletes like retiring at to us it's kind of like okay we're like at the end ish age yeah of our sport um yeah. but in terms of life yeah we're really young so like yeah. we we're not like it's weird that we have this like feeling that most people when they're like what's the typical retirement age, 65 ish, like seventies, like we're experiencing that as 20, like people in their twenties, which is wild to think about. But, um, I think the, like to allude to where you were going with the, I feel like I should be fulfilling something and I'm not. Yeah. It's like the drastic change of you had a set schedule every single day, right. Every week, of the year and you didn't yeah. get breaks and you didn't get to just like take time for yourself. Like it was very scheduled to a T and every day went specifically into our goal of competition and our goal of nationals every year. And so like, we always had this measurement of like, how are we doing? Yeah. Um. And so since that's lost now, you feel like you're floating in limbo and you're like, I don't feel like I'm being productive anymore.
0: Yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally it is, it is reassuring because everybody that I've talked to is the same. It's like, you know, yes, like that's so normal. Um, and so that's at least reassuring, but it's like, okay, cool. Can you help me though? Get out of it. Cause <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> but like, you know, I, I'm excited and I hope that cause it's been really fun. Cause all the athletes again, that I've spoken to are like, yes, it's normal. And mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I still don't know exactly what I want to do, but I I'm on the right track and whatever it is. So I hope, you know, soon um, that I'll be able to share that knowledge with the next generation of retired skaters. But yeah, we'll
1: <laughs> totally. I I think it's awesome that you're going to school too because that definitely gives you like another you know time period to learn about yourself, but also learn so many new things in general that you wouldn't have known like obviously without yeah. attending classes. Yeah, I think like something that I've noticed in the past even year, which yeah. I've been in retirement for like three years now. This past like year, I felt a lot of momentum from like the first two years of me kind of like putting my feet in the ground and trying things and kind of like keeping consistent with like sort of goals that I had, but just kind of seeing where it takes me. And there's no set, like I still don't know exactly where I'm going from here. I like have like, oh, like dreams that I want to achieve, but I don't know the structure of how to get there the way that I knew it was skating. Um, so that makes it weird, but at the same time, like, I feel like there's a point where you kind of like start to notice like these little incremental things that happen, like that are like those tiny goals that I can compare to skating where I'm like, oh, this is, this is actually really good. Oh, I'm getting great feedback on this. Okay. So I should keep going with this. It it takes adjusting to recognize those way smaller, seemingly smaller to me moments, to like equate like what we felt on ice basically. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it is
0: that makes sense. Well, you're in college
1: now, you're doing shows. Do you have any like idea of what you want to do with the future or like you're still just in the I'm trying everything mode?
0: I'm still like I'm I'm definitely just trying everything. I'm with Athleta. Um, I'm an Athleta athlete and so um I am looking forward to have a bunch of stuff this summer that I'm doing with them and I'm looking forward to learning more about the company itself. I have some opportunities where I can do that and so Um, I get kind of an inside look at things. And so, um, you know, I'm just really excited to um, learn more about what I might be interested in with those opportunities. Um, And then I definitely want to try to graduate as quickly as I can. So I'm going to try and take like a bunch of summer classes (laughs) and then also like do more like get more classes done in the fall and spring because um, I really want to get through undergrad as quick as possible. Um, but obviously I'm trying to make space and time for opportunities where I can learn a little bit more about what I might be interested in, but I'm studying mm-hmm. psychology business, but I have no idea. I mean, it just like, I just started um, this semester. So it was like kind of what sounded good and fun, but it might be something like I'm more interested in marketing Or I thought I wanted to go to law school, but then I was like, I don't know, because I don't like reading that much, (laughs) but (laughs) we'll see. I don't know. But it's also what's exciting because I don't know, um, but I feel like I have a better grip on things now where like I I didn't last summer. I feel Mm -hmm. like now some plans in place of like, okay, this is where I have an opportunity to learn about this or this or this or whatnot. So Mm
1: That's the beauty of it. You have unlimited time now and freedom to explore, which like you don't get as an athlete at all. So it's exciting. I honestly feel like another like part of why it's so difficult to like figure out what you want to do is that like from skating, it's like you said, you you were skating for like 22 years or however many years you started from the bottom and it took you like 20 years to get to the top to to be national champion to be an olympian and how lucky are you that you now have made it to the top of something and you get to try to start from zero again and and make it to the top of something else or like be good at something else like most people our age are starting now to hopefully by the end of their lifetime achieve like maybe being at the top of their profession yeah, and you get to do that potentially twice which is yeah. really cool yeah but really intimidating because how do you go from being at the top of something to starting at square zero oh, in something that's, else that's, it's like, like
0: you don't want to be bad at anything else like no <laughs> and like, you have to like put in yeah. the same amount of work but you're like yeah
1: I kind of yes. just want to go to the top right away, but yeah, that's not exactly. how it
0: works. <laughs> I guess that's like, like you said, it's like, that's part of, that's really what I love so much. I love the everyday training aspect of skating so much. So I just got to find something that gives me that same kind of motivation and drive.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, will. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love the positive energy you have for it too. It's like, Thank
1: you. yeah, it's it's great. It's going to yeah. take you far. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Will you stay involved in skating? Do you think, like, do you have any interest to do coaching down the line or like work in skating in any other types of ways?
0: I definitely want to stay involved. Um, My sister's um, coaches at a rink that I can literally walk to. It's crazy. Um, So I coach a couple of days a week with some of her skaters. Um, I don't see myself wanting to do that full time. Um, but I definitely would like to stay involved with like shows for as long as I can or like seminars or coaching here and there. Um, and then if other opportunities present themselves, I I would love to stay involved. Like I can definitely see myself like going to nationals at least to watch every year. Like it was so fun to be there. And it yeah. feels like it's like your family, because you know these people so well. Um, so I will definitely always stay involved as, as much as I can. Um, for sure. But I do definitely want to have a career and something that is completely outside of skating.
1: I feel like that's also a very um consistent feeling you have like fresh off retirement is that you want to be like completely separated. So I'm curious to like talk to you in a few years and see if that changes because you could get like pulled back in in a different way where like you wouldn't like I also absolutely not. Even when I like took time off from skating, initially in college I don't even want to watch competitions that were going yeah. on I didn't want to watch anything and now like three four years later I'm watching every competition and yes. like analyzing it for my podcast yeah I yeah. couldn't predict that but here I am right. now I don't know
0: yeah so true <laughs> yeah I know yeah I'm interested to see too it'll be yeah. fun to see yeah for sure
1: the door is always open which is yeah. the best part yeah yeah
0: that's
1: <laughs> yes amazing my last question for you would be what would your advice be to young athletes who aspire to achieve the olympic dream
0: i think the biggest piece of advice and something that i reminded myself a bunch was that last year especially is that you have to be your um big your own biggest cheerleader your own number one fan so you know especially in skating and single skating we're out there skating alone um in life I think a lot of times like you go through um nerve-wracking experiences not alone but like it's an independent experience and so I really felt like I just had to keep reminding myself that like while I'm so fortunate to have a great team around me that's also very important I also wanted to be my own biggest advocate my my biggest and best cheerleader um and, you know, you just have to really support yourself and believe in yourself. Um, and I think another kind of caveat to that is just um, you're just trying to be the best version of you. So you're not competing against um, you're truly not competing against other skaters. The best way you can compete against other skaters is to be the best that you can be. And then that's your best. And then that's your best that you can compete with. So, um It's just such an individual journey. I think it's kind of the bottom line, but just really advocate for yourself and believe in yourself and support yourself. Um, And I think that that's just something that's really, really um, imperative to success.
1: I really like that. I think that uh, kind of positive mind pattern that you train your brain, with that type of stuff in mind is really important for both like current skating to have like your own self-confidence, but also when you retire like to not be so bitter or jaded towards the sport like you need to have like you know if you if you want to be mad at any anything that you do that maybe like you're upset with yeah you can be um but it's just gonna like weigh heavily on you but if you have a more positive like you 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 don't compete with others. You compete with yourself, like that type of mentality. Then when you step away, like you're, you're still going to have this love for the sport and you're going to feel so much lighter just in life in general, regardless of how the career goes. Yeah.
0: I completely agree. Yes. 100%.
1: I love it. Well, thank you for sharing all of those tidbits on the podcast today. It was really interesting. And also I think, I think people are really going to enjoy this episode because there's a lot of Um, personal development that you experienced throughout your career that I think a lot of people can relate to.
0: So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.